Hey, welcome back to the Timmy Riggs Podcast, Life in the Meantime. I'm Timmy Riggs, and uh, we talk about all types of things that we're going through in the meantime. I think all human beings, collectively, we share a lot of the same challenges, but maybe we don't all go through it together. And some stuff you, you, you can't go through it together, but I figure let's talk about some of the things we face. And so that's what this podcast is all about. So today, one of them is uh, kind of this idea of, is, is there something bigger than me? And uh, it comes down and it boiled down to faith. What do you believe in, maybe spiritually? And uh, maybe you're like, hey, you know, when I die, I go to heaven. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. God loves me. Maybe you're like, no, when I die, I'm dead. Um, I'm soil for the tree and uh, whatever. A lot of people have different kinds of beliefs. And we have all types of different struggles and obstacles and questions in our life that maybe form and lead us to why we believe what we believe. And so today I'm going to talk about my faith philosophy. And of course, you know, this might not be everybody's, but I'm going to explain what I believe and why I believe it. I have friends and people very dear in my life that don't believe the same thing as me. And yet I love them. I still get along with them. We have fun together. Deep down, a lot of the times I think, hey, you do believe what I believe. Uh, You just don't say it or express it the same way that I do. Right. But our beliefs about who we are, who God is, uh, how creation is to work, ultimately does steer a lot of what we do in life. And so today, I'm going to talk about my faith philosophy. And uh, I've talked multiple times, I think so far every time, that I've put a podcast up about the fact that I am a pastor. And for me, what does that mean? That means that I believe that God has called me ultimately to help people and, and to preach the gospel, to show Jesus. I believe in His true life. To not, it's not just a new and fresh way uh, to express the gospel. I think it is the way to express the gospel. But sometimes it gets lost because over the centuries, over the millennia, right, uh, people have done terrible things in the name of God or in the name of Christianity, in the name of Jesus, that, that aren't who Jesus is and what he uh, believes in. And so, anyway, I'll talk about that. So, for me, all those questions all the obstacles, all the struggles in life in the meantime are actually what strengthen my faith. This idea of like, man, I just, I don't have a whole lot of control of things. Why is there so much good? And why is there so much evil in the world? How could this happen? How could bad things happen? Etc. right? Maybe things that help disprove uh, their belief in God or their, their faith for a lot of people does the opposite for me. It actually strengthens my faith. Um, It actually makes me feel like, you know what, all of these things I can't control, I I don't want to have to face them on my own. And so that's why I choose to believe, hey, there is a creator, there is a being that uh, amidst all the chaos chooses to actually live life with me. And uh, it's not, it is involved in the natural world, but also gives us an opportunity to live in the supernatural as well. And I know, like, that kind of taught people, like, oh, that's getting creepy. Sure, well, there's a lot of weird beliefs out there. And um, so I'm just going to talk about mine then, and you can decide whether you uh, either are on board or think I'm crazy or whatever. But I'll tell you this, because I follow Jesus, I believe my life is better, and I believe that he makes me better at life. And um, I want to be better at life. I want to... Uh, not fly off the handle when something small frustrates me. And my faith in, in Jesus uh, definitely helps 
me become more patient, more loving, more kind, more gentle. But there's all types of other things that happen in my life as well. I feel like my faith in Jesus uh, allows me to be a big dreamer. I want to do big, crazy things that literally, when you write them out, seem impossible. I believe that God gives us that opportunity, right? Uh, why not? I have a small, finite amount of time in this world. Why not do it big? And I believe that God calls me to that and calls all of us to that in one way or another. I would say, people, well, prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm talking about. Mother Teresa lived a big life. The Pope lives a big life. Martin Luther King Jr. lived a big life. How much influence, how much impact, how much value are you bringing to other people? I believe that when we place our faith in the true Jesus, who Jesus really is, not a caricature of him, not a, uh, a perverted expression of the gospel, but the true Jesus, then we will begin to live a life that is concerned more about lifting others up, and it's going to open our world, and it's going to make our world big. And so, uh, basically, here's kind of my ideologies and uh, what I believe about God. I believe that God is creator. I'm going to do another specific podcast on a biblical breakdown explaining some of the Bible because I think, uh, you know, it's the idea of people are biblically illiterate today more than ever possibly, which isn't, that's not true because there were lots of times in the world where like normal common people, uh, peasants, if you will, were literally restricted. The church didn't allow them to have access to scripture, to the Bible. In fact, the Bible as we know it wasn't even around the first few hundred years after Jesus's resurrection. And so to say it's right now we're the most illiterate we've ever been, well, that's not just, that's just not true. Now, sure, percentage-wise, is there more people alive today than ever? Yes. But anyway, I still want to teach a podcast on how uh, to break down the Bible if you aren't aware. So the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, I'll get into that in deeper in the, the next podcast, but it is uh, talking about who God is and how he interacts with his people, right? So we see that God is creator, he is sustainer and provider. Yes, crazy stories in there. Rated R, right? Uh, the Bible can actually be a whole lot of fun. It's like an HBO show, okay? Uh, so the Bible is, besides the dragons, could rival Game of Thrones. So in it, God is talking to people throughout centuries and throughout thousands of years trying to help lead them to this new type of life that he's calling to. So the very beginning of Scripture, God creates all things, and he creates it good. But what happens? We talk about sin enters the world. And what is sin? Sin is just anything that is opposed to this thriving life that God has called us to. So it's that idea of, you know, there is an opposing force that doesn't want God's goodness to reign throughout the world. Someone be like, well, then why did God create, you know, a bad force? I don't know. Good question. Maybe I'll ask him one day. Uh, that's not what my faith and my belief is rooted in, but it's very clear to me that uh, there is good and there is evil in the world. I, I don't know how you could argue against that. So when evil and sin are brought into the world, that separated our relationship with God. So we talk about Adam and Eve, how they live with God in the garden, and, and, and Adam would go on walks with God. Again, someone might be like, well, Adam and Eve, how do we know that's not a metaphor? Who cares? For me, it's a story, a depiction, a, a picture, an illustration of who God is. He chooses to live with creation. But when sin comes in the world, since no part of God is sin, and he is, he is pure and, and right, right, righteous, uh, he can't be associated with sin. So what happens? They're separated. Their relationship as they knew it is no longer the way that it could be. And so then we see throughout the Old Testament, 
that there's this separation that God is trying to bring back together. So that's why we have the old covenant. It's a way of life in which God says, hey, if you kind of live by these rules, commands, those sort of things, then we can make sure that that sin is kicked out and you can live life with me. We can be brought together again. I'm really flying through this. And again, we can go deeper and, and through different podcasts. And I'd love to talk to people about it, but I just want to get it out there, right? So there's a separation. God wants to mend the separation. He picks a people, the Israelites, calls them his chosen people. These are the people, the descendants of Abraham. And so these are the ones that God says, I want you to be my beacon for all the other nations. It's not, hey, let's tell, show the rest of the world how much uh, God hates them and he's going to bring the wrath on them. Instead, it's, we want to be a light to all nations. I want to show nations that I can have a relationship with them as well. The downside is the Israelites, after a little while, decide, hey, we want to be like these other nations. We want to be just like them. Look at how powerful they are. They have kings and rulers and blah, blah, blah. All right. So then God is like, okay, well, that's not part of the plan, but let me try to adjust. I still, My whole desire is to make sure that I can have a right relationship with you. That's why I created all things. I want to be in the midst of it. It doesn't work. Broken, fallen humanity continues to miss the mark. That's what sin is, missing the mark. It's actually a uh, archery term, right? So sin is this idea of missing the mark. And so they continue over and over, God's chosen people, to miss the mark. So what happens? Sin is what brought death into the world. We were never supposed to die. I talk about this. That's why we don't understand it. That's why it's so heartbreaking. We can't fathom what death is really like because it wasn't supposed to exist. When God created things, he created it perfect. And yet sin and death entered the world. The wages of sin are death. So God says, I want to fix this. I, I, I want to make sure that you're not separated from me for eternity. I want to make sure that death is not the end of your life. And so he enters the scene. The only way that I can make sure that I can completely rid life of death and that you can spend eternity with me is if I just step in, if I jump into action. And so God does that. He puts on flesh and bone. The message version said God moves into the neighborhood in the person of Jesus. And so maybe you're listening, you're like, yeah, I've heard of Jesus. He's a good teacher, a good person, whatever. Jesus is God. That's what I believe. That's what Christians believe. So how do we know how God works in the world? We have to look no further than the person of Jesus. How does Jesus live his life? We see his ministry in the Gospels, that which are in the New Testament. That's a certain amount of books that are a part of the New Covenant. It's after Jesus shows up on earth. And so Jesus comes proclaiming what? The kingdom of God, preaching the gospel, which is good news, saying, hey, you know this death thing, this separation thing, this life that is full of brokenness and hurting and a lot of unanswered questions, I am here to fix it. I'm here to lead to healing, to new life, and ultimately to resurrection, to a point where death, which is the final say at this point, Jesus is saying, I'm going to kick down the door of death. So that way you can go to the other side with me. So Jesus comes and he's teaching and there's all these complex things that the, the Jewish people don't understand. They believe he's blasphemous. So they're saying, hey, we're God's chosen people. You can't say that you're God. That's not okay, Jesus. The empirical rulers, they see that Jesus is getting a following. So the Roman leaders, right? They're like, man, I don't know. Maybe this guy 
he's gotten a lot of people following him around, but still they can't even find anything that's actually wrong with him. What, the guy walks around and heals uh, the blind and the lame? Like, that sounds kind of cool, you know? But, again, they want to keep the Jewish people under control, so they want to keep the Jewish people happy. And so after the end of the three years of Jesus' ministry, the Jewish people finally get to the point where they're like, we're going to kill this guy. Ironic! Because that was God's plan from the beginning. Jesus was like, yeah, I actually came here. He tells his disciples, I came to proclaim the new kingdom, the gospel, to pick my people, that I'm going to help spread the gospel. And, uh, oh, yeah, the Jewish people are going to kill me. And they're like, what? He's like, but don't worry. I'm going to resurrect after a few days. I'm going to come back to life. They're like, well, we don't understand. So Jesus dies. And when Jesus is killed, that's what Easter is. When Jesus is killed on the cross, Good Friday is the day that Jesus was murdered, executed on the cross. What is he doing? He is beating death with death. That's what I believe. Jesus, who is God, takes on the sins of the world, Scripture tells us. It says, this is how I'm going to be victorious. And the whole time, everything he's talking about, it's flipped upside down compared to what everyone's expecting. He talks about, I'm I'm this new king. I'm coming to to lead a new kingdom into the world. They're expecting, okay, we're going to take it by force. And Jesus is like, no, I'm going to take it by laying my life down. Because when I lay my life down and I give my life freely, that's when I can take everybody with me into this new world. So Jesus then is murdered. His 12 disciples, his boys, right? Which at this point it's 11 because Judas sold him out. Judas was a traitor. Benedict Arnold before Benedict existed. Okay, so uh, Judas sells him out. So now you have 11 left. When Jesus dies... They aren't like, okay, let's push this message on. Uh, We didn't expect that, but let's continue to keep preaching what he's saying. No, they go back to doing what they're doing. All hope is lost. No longer is Jesus their leader. Is he their king? They're like, crap. Uh, Now people are going to be coming for us because we've been following this guy, and he clearly was telling a lie. So Christianity doesn't start the day that Jesus dies. I mean, it does, but to these disciples, they aren't aware of it. When they begin to get on fire, it's three days later when Jesus rises. The resurrection of Jesus is when everything changed. That's when the disciples said, all right, tag me back in. Uh, If a guy walks around for three years predicting his death and then his resurrection, and then he pulls it off, yeah, that's a guy I'm going to follow. So what's the theological um, importance of this? When Jesus dies, he takes on the sins of the world. That's what scripture tells us. And he he dies so that way everybody, everybody has a chance to live forever with God. But also to live in this life abundantly. And to live in enjoying this life with friends and family, with good food, with, with loving people, picking them up, right? So Jesus then comes back, he's resurrecting, he said, hey, what I have done, now you get to do. It's this picture of like, I imagine going down into some kind of basement where there's a door on one side and a door on the other side and another stairway on the other side. You know, like kind of a hallway basement. We have it in my building. And, and until then, death was, we go down the stairs and the door is closed. It's locked. And there is no coming back either side. But when Jesus goes to death, he opens up both doors, comes out the other side again. And now anyone that follows him gets to do the exact same thing. So that is one reason that I'm a Christian and I'm excited about following Jesus because we get to be invited into that. I now get to beat death, that that death, the worst 
thing that could happen. Truly worst case when you're like, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? You're like, well, if I hop in this car going 100 miles an hour, I hit a puddle, I could die. That is worst case scenario. It is now no longer worst case scenario. As a Christian, as a believer, I believe that I get to live forever with God. What does that look like? I don't know. There is some scripture that talk about what it looks like. I'll tell you this. When Jesus is resurrected, he's the prototype of what we're to be like. And what does Jesus come back doing? He comes back hanging out with his friends, eating good food, drinking good drinks, hanging out, laughing, like walking and showing people who he is. That that's not like, hey, this is what I'm going to do, but you're just going to be some ghost and energy form. No, like, I think that we're going to look like Jesus. We're going to come back. We're going to be part of ourselves. It's not going to be this grand mystery, right? And, but Jesus being there and being able to enjoy life in this world after his resurrection also points to, hey, today I get to live as if I'm living forever. I love the Switchfoot song where it says, I don't want to wait till I die to come alive. Now we get to live excited. We get to wake up each day, enjoy our breath, knowing that, hey, this is just the beginning. Each day is just the beginning. I get to keep moving forward. Anyone that I had lost, any loved ones that that begin to, that chose to follow Jesus, they, they too will be a part of this everlasting life. Jesus says, hey, I'm leaving you because after about 40 days, he ascends. He goes back to be with God and he's waiting for us and, and we're waiting for him. And uh, a lot of theology there, I'm just trying to give you the basics here, but what happens is he says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. It is me in spirit form. And so now, instead of us having to go to a temple and sacrifice a ram, Jesus has been the final sacrifice, and he came back alive, and he's giving us his spirit, and now it's going to live in us. So we have the opportunity to be just like Jesus. That's why I believe in practices of reading scripture every morning, praying, just kind of meditating on this idea of, hey, God, um, I want to be aware of you. I want you to help me see things that I don't normally see. I want to live purposefully and passionately and compassionately. And with the amount of time that I have lived here, I want to do something that's impactful because I know it will last and ring into eternity. And so for me, why do I believe to follow Jesus or choose to follow Jesus? It's because of all the struggles, of all the frustrations, and all the questions in life, when I get to follow Jesus, I can live in a way that hey, I, have a, I have assurance that, that there's more than just this. That even in all the pain, even in all the, the terrible things that are happening in the world, A, I say, you know what? God has given me an opportunity. Whatever amount of time I have left, I want to rise up and I want to help solve those problems. But I know that God is doing that with other people around the globe. And I want to continue to try to make life better and to have other people be introduced to this Jesus that offers everlasting life and that uh, we can live forever with God. But I'm not going to wait till I die to come alive. Right now, I can live with the Holy Spirit in me and I can live confident and I can live with it's that the scripture that says that God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of one of power and strength. And that comes in Christ. And uh, I want to be more like that. I want to live confidently. I want to wake up on purpose, with purpose. And that's why I choose to follow Jesus. And when things get rough and they get tough and I'm in the midst, in the meantime, of things that are scary, I can just say, you know what? If the worst case scenario happens, 
I'm going to be okay. If God doesn't do another thing for me even now, that's fine because he has done enough. Life is too precious. It's too amazing to just sit around and sulk in my pain. There's things that God wants me to do. There's things that he wants me to walk around with awe and wonder. And there's people he wants me to meet and love on. So that, that's my faith philosophy. And a really, really short version. I tried to give it to you quick. Um, and maybe on your drive to work you're able to listen to it. Maybe it brought up some questions that I would love for you to email me or research yourself. Or maybe you're like, I got a totally different view. It's the opposite view. Whatever. Like, I'll, I'll hear that. You know? Like, that's fine. Like, it's going to take some hard convincing that uh, this isn't the way to live. I love the passage that Jesus uh, talks. Basically, it's him. Matthew records Jesus saying this to believers, to religious people. He says, hey, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Man, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. God is not angry. He's not full of wrath. He just wants to love you. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I want to show you how to take a real rest in your soul. That, that is a guy that I want to follow. I hope that it's someone that you can follow and someone that you can say, you know what? Yeah, I want a real rest for my soul. Even in life, there's still work to be done, but I can watch somebody who's doing it masterfully right i can watch somebody who's doing it well and that's the person i want to imitate mimic and be like and so i hope that you have a good week a uh, good day and uh, even if you're like yeah tim that's all garbage fine look for something today to be inspired by to be excited by and uh live your life with purpose on purpose all right thanks for listening to the timmy riggs podcast life in the meantime and uh have a good rest of your day